Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special little bonus episode of Panther Puri. Uh, I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. And uh, some Panthers adjacent news. We uh, it was recently put out by uh, by the New Jersey Devils that Andrew Brunette will be brought on by the Devils as an associate coach to Lindsey Ruff. Not a remarkably unexpected move. I think the rumors of Brunette to New Jersey were picking up steam on uh, a bit on Thursday, uh, and it was just officially announced uh, here this morning on Friday. So just uh, just a little bit of Panthers adjacent news. Andrew Brunette no longer with uh, with the Panthers system officially. Yeah. Uh, Full disclosure, we were going to talk about it Wednesday night because, you know, Kevin Weeks came out with it. And despite him getting the flurry news kind of wrong, when Kevin Weeks says something is happening, he's got a pretty high batting average on that. So full disclosure, we just forgot. And that we apologize for because Andrew Burnett going to New Jersey is pretty big news. And I mean, the way that the news is being treated by the Devils fans that I can see on Twitter and some of that I know personally is that uh, he he has made Lindy Ruff a lame duck coach. Did I say they Lindsay are... Ruff? I think I said Lindsay Ruff. <laughs> Whatever, Lindy Ruff, Lindsay Ruff. Either way, former Florida Panthers assistant coach Lindy Ruff. Yeah, defensive um, specialist. But I'm yeah, really. you're absolutely right, TJ. George was saying the same thing in space uh, in multiple spaces this week that like. New Jersey's a great spot for Andrew Brunette because he's in. Yep. He's the de facto head coach in waiting. Lindy Ruff probably has the hottest seat in the NHL considering that organization's been spending money. I mean, I know they failed in their Gaudreau attempt this offseason, but they bring, they brought in Andre Which Pilates. is hilarious. Yeah, it is hilarious. But, like, that organization is trying to win. So another seat, another bottom five in the NHL's finish is not going to be acceptable. So if that team gets off to a slow start, which I expect them to, because even with Doug, you know Jacob's favorite Dougie Hamilton, that's still not a great. Uh, don't roster. forget Jacob's favorite Jack Hughes, and Jack Hughes. But, yeah, like, that's, that's still that's still not a top ten team in the Eastern Conference. So Lindy Ruff is a very safe bet to be the first one fired. And who do you think is going to step in? Andrew Burnett. Yeah. Okay. Has a coach ever been? An interim head coach two seasons in a row? Probably Mike Yell. It's possible. Mm. Especially Yell, with Yell the way Lou, especially with the way Lou Lamarillo used to have jettison coaches all the time in New Jersey. It's possible. But either way, let's let's talk about Brunette and the Panthers. A lot of people were hoping Brunette was going to stay. I never saw ourselves. It. Well, I guess not all of ourselves included then, but I mean, it would have been nice, but I never saw it. And here's why. 
You cannot go from the head coach of a playoff team, a head coach for 70 plus games, and then go back to being the assistant. Because the reality is there is one voice in the locker room. You've got assistant coaches who help, but there is one voice. And when the Panthers made the move to bring in Paul Maurice, he had to be that one voice. And you cannot have last year's bench boss sitting on the sidelines, you know, whispering in players' ears when things aren't going wrong. The Panthers are on a four-game slump. And, you know, let's say they're doing something a little different than they did last year. Who do you think – what do you think is going to happen? Barkov and Huberto could be huddled in a corner with Brunette and saying like, hey, why don't we implement this system we did again last year? And like, that's just natural. It's natural. It never made sense for Brunette to come back on the bench of the Panthers. Yeah. And I mean, from what we heard after the move was made, Brunette wasn't happy. Uh, Everybody said it was unlikely that he was going to come back. There were a few murmurs like a week or two weeks after that, like, Brunette didn't really like what other options were out there. And I mean, this is a good option because he's basically like the 33rd coach in the league because everybody assumes the rough is going to get fired and he's going to take over in pretty short order. That is unless they get off to a great start, which is possible because of all the talent on the team. And really they just needed a few saves last year to be okay and ended up getting the worst goaltending in the league instead. So that's definitely something to watch. And if he becomes a head coach in this league again, like it, there's going to be a lot of conversation about did the Panthers make the right move moving on to Paul Maurice. One more thing on Paul Maurice. I do want to mention, cause I, I really screwed this up on Wednesday and I need to cop to it. I said multiple times that Paul Maurice is in his mid sixties. He's 55. I messed that up big time. Really? That's odd for someone who's been around. I mean, he must've been like, yeah, he's uh, been around forever. Yeah. Maybe he's one of those guys who just started coaching in his mid thirties. I mean, if he's 55 and he's been a head coach for 24 years, then he started being a head coach at 31. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Alex, you could be a head coach in the NHL right now. I mean, I was a head coach of a college hockey team, and that shit was hard enough. Fair. It wasn't even an NCAA team. It was a club team. That shit was hard enough. Yeah. I mean, that does put things into a little bit different perspective. So, apologies. I messed that up. Uh, Let's move Uh, on. Personally, I'll never forgive you. one, One last Bruno thing in terms of why. The only kind of coach that ends up back on the bench after an interim stint is the old battle axe coach who's been an assistant for with an organization for like 20 plus years, has no interest in being a head coach. And it's like, hey, you know, we fired our head coach with 20 games to go. I'm doing the organization a solid to finish out the year. But like, I want to go back and have no ambition to be a head coach. Like, that's the only situation where you see the interim coach go back to the being an assistant it's an older guy with no ambition, and that's not Bruno. Mm-hmm. All I right. will, like Bruno to the Devils does make a lot of sense in that regard. In that, like the the reason I, in my view, the reason that the Panthers wouldn't keep him as a head coach isn't because he was a bad coach. It's because he was slow to adapt, and the Panthers don't have time to let someone learn on the fly right now. Bingo. The yeah. Devils have a great opportunity to let him learn with a young team. And then the messaging, especially what we heard from Emily Kaplan, both on the point and on ESPN.com was that, Oh, maybe we should take it slow, which, you know, that great makes a lot of sense. Maybe they didn't like brunette. That's fine. That's their prerogative. Like Bill Zito did not hire Andrew brunette. Right. It's completely his prerogative to say, I want my own guy here, but 
I don't know. That just doesn't mesh. Let's move on. Uh, development camp is wrapping up and talking about development camp on a podcast is just really boring. And I know people are probably not going to want to hear like, oh, this guy who's picked in the sixth round two years ago looks amazing. And then he never plays in the NHL games. TJ, but- why would you talk like that about Santu Kanunen? <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, Santu also, Kanunen. It's also been pick. a closed training camp. So closed right, prospect yeah. camp. Yeah, so uh, there is one guy that showed up there that is uh, notable because he signed an ELC on Wednesday, and that is, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, uh, Nathan Steos, who is a Canadian-American from Atlanta. Shout out to Atlanta. That was where I was born. Uh, overager that won the OHL Defenseman of the Year for the OHL Champions Hamilton because he had 66 points in 59 regular season games and then nine points in 13 games in the playoffs and played in the Memorial Cup, four points in five games there. An overage defenseman that signs as a, a free agent. So, you know, even the guys that do hit typically as these unsigned free agents, you're not typically getting a whole lot of value. I mean, one of the best ones is Mason Marchman. He signed as an undrafted free agent out of the OHL, and it took him a while before he was even in the NHL. And Steos did play four AHL games last year, last season. Uh, the COVID year when there was no OHL with the Utica Comets, six games, no points. But, um, you know, undersized defenseman, good uh, offensive skills, clearly. Uh, and any, McKenzie anything about Weger doppelganger. Oh, yeah, he looks exactly like Mackenzie Weger. Five foot 10, 180 pounds. You know, just to kind of bring the expectations to a level, it, think Matt Kirsten. This is what you're getting with an overager. It's a guy who hopefully can play some bottom pairing games for you. If you get more than that outstanding, if you get nothing, it costs you nothing but a roster spot and right. a couple hundred thousand dollars. Like this is, these are the swings you have to take when you don't have draft picks. If you're expecting this guy to come in and light the world on fire, don't. He was a 21 year old playing in a league that has 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds in it as the majority of the league. Overagers are very rare because you're capped on them. I think you're only allowed three overagers per roster. So to have a 21-year-old on a, on a CHL team is rare. You're expected to be one of the best players in the league. If the Panthers can get 20 NHL games out of them, the pick was a win. Or they One more would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Or just was... use them in a trade. Yep. It's cool that they've now signed two guys out of the OHL that are from the American South. Uh, Matt Gusta from Tennessee, Steos from Georgia. That's pretty dope. Southern hockey, we, we love to see it growing. Even though he has like got some sort of Canadian heritage as well. And whatever. It's, I'm going to call him American. It's cool. Nathan Steos is the son of a former NHL player who played for the Thrashers, which dope. is probably when Nathan was born. Right. Yeah, that, that's, that's how it happens, I guess. Uh, so the last and the most obvious thing to talk about is another free agent signing, this time for the NHL team. Latvian forward Rudolph's Balsers bought out by San Jose, brought in by the Panthers at a league minimum one-way contract worth $750,000 a year. He is a 25-year-old forward, 5'11", 182 pounds, and he will be an RFA at the end of this deal. Now, he's not coming off the best season with San Jose, only 23 points in 61 games. But, I mean, that was a, a tough year for San Jose. He was playing under Bob Bugner. Everybody knows how we think of Bob Bugner. Uh, you know, he had a better season the year before, 17 points in 41 games. 
But, you know, looking at all his relative stats, he's gotten buried in the defensive zone a little bit, and he's a good play driver. He's, in terms of scoring, going to be like a third option on a line, but he's, he's good at like cleaning up rebounds in front of the net. And he doesn't need to be Carter Verhage, but you might get that kind of impact, or at the very least, like you might get, you know, some guy that's a good complimentary player on a line with Anton Lundell or Sam Bennett or something like that. And that's your hope for $750,000. As long as he's not horrible, you did well. I think a good reasonable expect uh, a reasonable expectation in terms of a high end season for Rudolph Balsers is 30 plus points playing on the third line and solid defensively. Yeah. When you, when you look at his micro stats, he's very good in transition. What team loves to play in transition? Anybody? Anybody? Andrew Brunette's Florida Panthers. Ooh. That too. That too. We will see what Paul Maurice is. is he keeps <laughs> saying he's not going to touch the, the offensive philosophy, but we've that would seen be that. great. We've seen that story before. I'll believe it when I see it. It's also, okay, just from a, from a nitpicky standpoint, it's impossible to change half of your game. You're not yeah. going to be able to adjust the team's defensive philosophy without somehow impacting their offense. If you're gonna if you're gonna preach more five man defense and everyone staying back, you're going to get fewer breakouts, fewer fewer of those transition breakouts. Like that's just if you're preaching that all five have to stay back more for more for longer and play more team defense, you're not gonna get as many breakaways and two on ones. And like that's especially when the Panthers' offense as breakout offense is, hey, we're gonna attack with four, sometimes five. You can't do both. No, you can't. But, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, right. I honestly, I do expect Balsers to get some time, some looks on the top line while Anthony Duclair is out. I would not be surprised to see him get some touches with Barkov and Verhage, uh, just because he's a warm body. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I my expectation see- is that if the free agent is up there, Colin White is a right-handed shot. Anthony Duclair played the right wing pretty much always. So my expectation would be that Colin White is going to be the preferred option there, especially since like they signed him quicker and paid more to do so. I mean, there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching. Yeah. Yeah. The first half of the season, trying to find chemistry. Remember, you don't need to put your three best players on the line. You need to put your three best mix, your three best lines that mix together. Well, so it could be Balsers on the first line. It could be Dennis Sanko. It could be Colin White. It could be Nick Cousins. I hope like, no, Nick, Nick Cousins is who you're going to see on the third. I, I, I'm just saying they're, go, they're going to work, keep working on things. Until, I mean, hell, maybe last year's a, initial uh, first line that we all thought it was going to be a Huberto, Barkov, and Reinhardt. Maybe that is that finally clicks well. Like, We'll see. I thought of one more thing just to bring up like at the very end in passing. The Checkers signed a uh, player from St. John's uh, the reigning um, Memorial Cup champions. Huberto. Yeah, home of Jonathan Huberto to a uh, one-year AHL contract. Riley Brazil. I'm trying to pull up his stats right now. I may have gotten the name wrong also. So Who? <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, just to throw it out there, 38 points in 93 games with the Sea Dogs, 27 points in 56 games, four points in five games. He is, uh, I believe, a forward. Doesn't um, matter. We're never going to see this guy. Yeah, whatever. He's, he's going to be in Charlotte. 
Just Sorry. throwing it out there. Sorry, Charlotte. I'm not trying to crap on your guys' signings. But it's just like, hopefully he does well for you. Yeah, he'll do fine. He'll, he'll be okay for Charlotte. We will never see him in the NHL, most likely. So uh, just to make sure we wrap it up, the uh, development camp roster, are there any other names that jump out to people that were invited this year? Yeah, so there's actually one other guy that I wanted to touch on, and that's uh, not signed to a contract, just got a camp invite, which is why part of why I think this is interesting. Uh, Kai Schwint of the Mississauga Steel had six foot three hundred ninety four pounds. He's a forward. Uh, his first season in the OHL not the most productive, uh, but he did have twelve goals uh, in sixty eight games, which for his first season not terrible. Uh, so we'll see what happens with with Kai Schwint. That's a name to keep an eye on. Uh, is it possible he's related to Florida Panther prospect Cole Schwint? Oh. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.